good to be in the Lord's house. And I appreciate you so much and your willingness and your desire to worship. I appreciate our worship team and their sincerity and their heart's preparation and their, their, their gifts and talent that, the, that they use for uh, leading us into the presence of the Lord. Amen. We appreciate each and every one of our church family that's out today and also some visitors among us at any time. We appreciate, I appreciate this lovely lady bringing me this water here today for the glory of God. Um, for a visitor, there, I hope there's a visitor card in the seat in front of you. Sometimes there is. We, hopefully there is. But somewhere floating in this building, somewhere, is a visitor card. And we would like to have a record of your visit. If you get a chance to fill that out, you could just out on the foyer table. There's a table in the foyer where everything ends up. Y'all have a, something like that at your house where just everything ends up. We have several places like that at our house. <laughs> it's usually in my corner. So I have a couple of quick announcements to add to before we go right to the Word of God um, today. First of all, you received our phone tree, so we have our, what we call the Revival Nights, and me and Brennan got to talking, and we just didn't feel, we're going to bump that to January, so there's not going to be that service tonight, um, and you'll just have to trust that was the right move, and I just, I believe it was. Secondly, um, the Angel Tree, how we appreciate everybody that we have the opportunity to serve and to bless through the Angel Tree, don't we? And we also appreciate all who participate and those who have planned. We have three different organizations that have had cards on the angel tree. We um, first have the residents of the Seven Springs Nursing Home, 63 cards. Um, that's what's all that's left is some from the nursing home. So I really want to encourage you, if at all possible, if you haven't taken a card, if you can, if you thought you might, you need to today if possible, those gifts that will be the following week. We have a little bit of time to get those in. Um, it's the community school ones, though. We had 10 this year for uh, the residents for the group homes at the community school, the Heber Spring or the Cleveland County Community School. The, the, the group residents, there were 10 cards for them. And those have to be in by Thursday, December 15th. There was one there. They're all a different color. Because there's one other organization I'll mention briefly. This was the last one of those. So I, I took that for Sherry and I. But if you, I think, is that silver? Huh? Is that dots? This, oh, she may have just printed it in a different, it says it's a gift for the community school. Right? Yeah, on a different one. Okay, so don't always go by color, but read what it says, whether it says dots. So the, when does the dots have to be back in? The 18th. So you have a little bit longer, so that's Sunday. So next Sunday, you have to get dots. But the community school, we have to have those in by this Thursday. So if you took one, uh, a one of the ten, one of the nine, because I have one here. It's kind of like the Willy Wonka ticket, isn't it? Kind of feel that way. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, okay. And uh, so it's a great blessing, and I want to encourage you. Pray over it. Come on, when you bring that gift in, you pray over it, and pray that it will be a little light. Come on, to somebody who who might not always have a bright spot in their life. Come on. So we have Daughters of the Other Side. We have the uh, Cleburne County Community School Group Home. And we have Seven Springs, a total of 83 opportunities to be a blessing. Amen? And we appreciate so much your willingness to do so. Turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, if you would. 
please fill that, that ticket, Alyssa, and bring that in as quickly as possible by Thursday. <laughs> I don't care where you're from. That's funny right there. Luke chapter number one. I'm going to ask you to remain seated for a minute, and then we'll stand here in a minute when we come back, because we do believe in honoring the Word of God standing, but not necessarily an overwhelmingly lengthy text of Scripture. If you were here last week, you know that I've chosen to tag team to my, the best of my ability with the uh, Sunday school lesson. The Sunday school lesson is under Advent, obviously, and it continues the, the, uh, the incarnation. And um, we are here today in a familiar passage to many of us in Luke's gospel. And so we're going we're gonna to read uh, a few verses. I think the total is about 20 verses of Scripture, approximately somewhere in there. And then we'll, we'll stand before prayer here in a moment. But let's read it. Let's pay close attention to the wording here, if we can. Let's read. It's familiar. You've maybe even read it in Sunday school this morning. But I'll tell you, the Lord dropped some really uh, exciting things in my heart as I was preparing my heart for this service today. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, for the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. You're missed a great place to say amen. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was also, or who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Amen. And Mary said, and this is where Joe was at a moment ago, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now we're going to drop to the 46th verse. We're continuing this very familiar text. Now we're going to, along the way, we're going to jump people groups here in a moment. And I'll elaborate along the way shortly. Verse 46 through 48, just three verses. Mary said to her cousin Elizabeth, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Come on, somebody. Amen. 
Now, as we turn to chapter number 2, why don't you go ahead and stand today to finish the reading of Scripture here. It just helps my heart to feel like I'm obeying our tradition and following our tradition. In the 18th verse here, And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse 22, and when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now we're jumping down to the 34th verse. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall And rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now we'll read in the 40th verse. This verse has a very significant meaning to me personally, I won't share, but just the the depth of this word here. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with the wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now I'm going to jump to the last two verses of the second chapter. In doing so, I'm jumping 12 years of human history, approximately. But, but just to, just to kind of summarize this, he went down with them and came to Nazareth. This was after Jesus was at the temple as a 12-year-old, and he was subject unto them. Again, this is the second time, or the third time, I believe, that the writer Luke says, his mother kept all these sayings in her heart, pondering these things. Verse 52, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now, I want to go back to the first chapter, the, the very beginning here, to just draw our attention to that 27th verse. Lord, if you'll put that one there on the screen here very quickly. It says, To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, in the, in the mid-'80s, there was a popular um, commercial on television that was tied to one of the, 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 the greatest... Um, sports, um, you know, not, not only icon, but it, it started the journey of uh, Michael Jordan and part of his fame when, and I, I wouldn't normally like to mention Spike Lee from the pulpit, but he, uh, it was a familiar commercial, and Spike Lee uh, took that first pair of Jordan shoes, and, uh, and every teenager wanted a pair uh, at, at some level, and and he pointed at him into the, the camera and he said, I want to be like Mike. Anybody remember that? I want to be like Mike. Right? And some of us basketball players uh, probably have said that. I want to be, like, be like Mike. Well, today, today, I want to be like Mary. Today, I want to be like Mary. That's what's on my heart today. I want to be like Mary. And I want to ask God to burn that in your heart with mine today, God. Father, let's pray. Let's pray, church family. Father, we love you. We're so humbled. We're humbled by the presence of the living God. Father, that we have 
we have discerned among us today, Father. We have, we have known your presence, Lord, to be here. God, you have promised us, according to your word, that you would inhabit the praises of your people, and the people were united in worship today. We may have not all expressed that worship the same way, but I believe the intent of our heart was pure. The intent of our heart was to give you glory and that your presence, Father, might be recognized among us and we would then be drawn to your presence, Lord. Today, God, I know that I'm preaching to my faithful church family. I'm preaching, Father God, to visitors that have just come in for the first time today or some that may come sporadically, Father. But I know my heart is heavy with the word of God. And I just pray today, Lord, I pray with whatever measure of faith that you will give me that will allow me to move beyond the conflict of my carnal nature, that God, that I can be in the spirit as John was today to minister this word to the people and the people would be prepared to receive it, Father. How we have read this text, famous around the world, God, but today in our hearts, as we look closer, let that same cry be in each one of us to be like Mary. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said amen and amen. Into the world of the preacher for just a moment, for a brief moment, as we minister, especially when you get near a holiday, Sometimes it can be a challenge to minister because of the familiarity of the subject matter. Now, when we get to Christmas and the Christmas season, you would think that that would be the easiest. But sometimes it's challenging because, again, again, it's a story that's been read around the world. And it should be. And it should be celebrated. It should be told. I had the opportunity with a, a few others invited over to some folks within our church family. We're having a little gathering. And in, as part of that gathering, we went outside and where a teenager, as others were dressed in some of the attire representing the story that kind of unfolds later in the second chapter with the announcement of the birth of Christ. And, uh, you know, the, it was, a, it was a kind of a blustery day as this was happening. But as I was thinking, I thought, look at the power of that story. That 2,000 years later, that we're altering our family time, altering our work schedules. We're, 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 we're making sure that we're dressing in some attire that points and reminds somebody of this story right here. And I say to God be the glory, amen? So when you, in your own private devotions, go back and read, especially Luke's narrative. Luke's narrative is in more depth than that of Matthew. Um, I want to encourage you to always read it in as much as you can in its historical and its biblical context. That's the first level and the first layer. The first application of reading this should be the incarnation. That God is made flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God with us, Emmanuel. Mary has conceived of the Holy Spirit. She brings forth the Son of God who is also of the house 
and the lineage of David, fulfilling the prophetic word that God had made to David that there would always be one of his descendants that would sit upon his throne. In the story, you know it, we have the angel Gabriel, we have a virgin named Mary, we have a carpenter, we have dream, which becomes dreams if you read the broader story. We have the fact that they're espoused. There's a depth to that. You have to study. What does it mean when it says his espoused wife? A census. We have taxation like we have today. A journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. We find no room at the end. These are all just the little components of this broader story. The manger. We have the shepherds. We have more angels announcing the glory of God. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. We have the Magi in Matthew's account. We have a jealous king who's fearful of his throne. We have prophets. We have prophetesses. We have dreams again. We have a return to Nazareth. We have a temple. We have dedication. We have a child. We have a son. Every part of this story should be read. Every part of it should be meditated upon. It's a living word. It's alive. You should study it. And glean from it. You have to receive it into your heart. And at the end of the day, you just celebrate the glory of God. If I remember correctly, the angel said, Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. This day in the city of David, he announced, Unto you a Savior has been born. Come on, somebody. That's a good place to say amen. So the word has become flesh and did dwell among us. Now, Mary's faith was a very, very vibrant part of this story. You can't read the story without some measure of admiration related to her faith, right? At least it is in mine, in my reading, in my study. What God did in her and what God did through her, I think we should marvel at. But as in art, I want you to know there's often another layer to the text that you read and that you read over, and you read, and that we just read bits and pieces of it, just for the sake of time, and not the entirety of the chapters one and chapter number two. But there is often, again, as in art, there is a depth of thought or a revelation of additional truths. So now, I believe hidden in Mary's faith, and in her journey of faith, is this. I believe it can be a picture of your journey, and your picture of faith. And the work of grace in your heart. Like Mary, it's my goal today. It's my aspiration. It's the thing I'm desiring in my heart for you to see. So now again, let me say this. I want to make sure that when you're reading this, you see the story in its first original context. That's so important. I don't want to take away anything from the first uh, level of this word. That, that, that God became flesh and dwelt among us. The revelation of Mary's faith. But when I began to think about this deeper, I thought about what Paul said in the book of Galatians when he looked back at a famous story biblically that had a layer, multiple layers to it. The first layer is, is very profound. It's that of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. The writers wrote about it. Jewish sages looked at it, talked about it. Paul was familiar with it on the first level of its application. But the Spirit quickened something inside him. And by the time he's writing to the church at Galatia, he said, you know, that with Abraham and Sarah and Hagar is an allegory. An allegory simply means that it is a 
poem or a picture or a story that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning. So Paul, so Paul looked at something very famous biblically. I mean, there can be, to a Jew, almost nothing more. That was the beginning of the promise to Abraham, Sarah, and then Abraham stumbling through the tent of Hagar. But Paul said there is something more. There's a depth to it. So I don't want to say today what I'm about to share with you is deeper than the first application, but I want you to know today it's just as spiritual. It is. Like Mary, like Mary, like Mary's faith, that's what I'm stirring to be in pursuit of today. As I share some things with you today, I'm going to make bullet points quickly today that are in the context they were extracted from the context that we read from, the text of Scripture. Each statement is a part of the whole, it's, but it's in collaboration and harmony with each other. And you have to meditate on this yourself. I can't go into depth with these today because I'm going to drop 12 bullet points in your in your spirit today taken from this text when we went to young heart the other night and uh, we we were driving through the lights in batesville and it exceeded my expectations i was disappointed that one person wasn't there to buy my meal however someone else stepped up to the glory of god but as we were and you billy obviously i expected you to buy my meal and you know showed us but we're gonna move on with that from there Uh, but nonetheless as we were driving through the lights and if you haven't been there you should go it's worth the journey to go there was a part there of the 12, what is it, the 12 days of Christmas. And you, there was a, a, a lit up area with the first day of Christmas. And so we all kind of sang it as we went, and it didn't take long to go through it. But every part was a part of the whole. Well, today I'm going to drop some things in your heart that's a part of the whole, like Mary. Like Mary. Number one today, Mary was chosen. Come on now, let's put our spirit in agreements today. He said, Hail thou, Mary, who art highly favored from the Lord. The Lord is with you. Let me go ahead and drop this in your spirit, not develop that too deeply. Mary was chosen, but so are you. Come on, somebody, so are you. I know there's a doctrine of predestination, and there's also a doctrine of free will, but I want you to know, and I shared a little bit about that several weeks ago, but Scripture is clear. In Ephesians 1 and 4, here's what Paul said. God hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Before matter ever came together. Before there was ever a star or a sun or a moon or an earth to stand on. God had already determined that he would choose you to be in his family. He would call you out of darkness and draw you into his marvelous light. And I want you to know Mary's life would change when she gained the revelation God had chosen her for divine purpose. And your life will as well when you realize he called you. He saved you, redeemed you, and he has called you to carry his light. Glory to God. Mary was chosen and so are you. Number two. Life was conceived in Mary's womb. You believe that? Supernatural. The Spirit of God. Even when she questioned. I've often contrasted the questioning of Mary and the questioning of of Zacchaeus in the earlier uh, 
Zechariah, excuse me, of Zechariah in earlier in the text, and Zechariah asked a question out of unbelief. Mary asked a justifiable question, seeing I know not a man. How shall this be? And the angel said, "The Holy Spirit of God shall." Come upon thee, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow thee, and the thing that is born inside of you shall, it won't be of natural origin, it will be of divine origin, it'll be the work of the power of the Spirit of God in Mary's womb. No life in one minute, but the next minute, life inside her. I want you to know today, life was conceived in Mary's womb, but life is conceived in your spirit. Because the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells inside of you. God has called you into His kingdom by sending His Spirit into your heart. Identifying with your Spirit, joining with your Spirit. The Word of God that was brought into the womb of Mary... The Spirit of God carried the Word to her womb. The Spirit of God brings the Word of God to your spirit, and your dead life spirit suddenly lives again. Your dead lifeless spirit suddenly lives again because of the power of the Holy Spirit. The life in Mary's womb would change her life. Do you believe that? I want you to know the life of God in your spirit will change yours as well. Man, I'm preaching good early into the sermon today. If I was driving the van today and it wasn't the 12 uh, days of Christmas, but it was the 12 points I have on this, I might have to stop the van and get out and run down the road because this is, it changes your life to know these things. Number three today, very quickly, is there's a tipping point in this brief narrative. It's a critical point. God had chosen her. God had determined that he was going to do something inside of her. But Mary had a decision to make. She could stumble in unbelief like Zechariah did. Or she could believe the word of God. And when she heard what God said to her through the angel, she answered and said, Be it unto me according to thy word. Mary believed God. I got a small question to ask you. Will you believe God? Will you believe God? A prophetic word was spoken to Mary and it was against nature. It was outside of the natural order. Yet Mary believed the word without touch, without feeling, just the spoken word of God. What about you? Will you just take God for his word? Will you just simply stand on what he said? No matter what happens in this changing culture, and we all know the things that are changing around us, there is something that is immovable, and that's the Word of Almighty God. The question is, it's not the Word's going to, will we believe it? Will we trust in what God says? I hope you do. I do today. I believe God today. I love what Paul said. He said, I believe God that it shall be exactly as he spoke it to me. Number four today Mary, I don't know if you're catching where I'm going with this, but as Mary had a life inside of her of the Son of God, you've got a faith inside of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Number four, Mary brought forth a son. Catch that. Catch the wording. It's very important. It wasn't just the conception, as the Catholics say, the immaculate conception. 
it was actually more than this. It, was the, that cha- the, it went from the, 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 the initial seed of God on the inside of her womb, but after eight weeks, there would have been a determinal, or even before, uh, uh, if they could have listened today, like we can, or then like we can today, there would have been a heartbeat. And it wouldn't have been long before that the, the little body would have been formed inside that womb. And, and if you could look inside the womb after, after 20 weeks and 30 weeks like you can today, they would have saw the infant Jesus developing inside of her. I, I want you to know today that Christ must be formed in you. It's not enough just to have a profession of faith. I'll tell you what, you can walk down almost any street in America and 50% of the people you will ask if they believe in God or believe in Christ and they will say they do. No, it's not enough to just say, I've got a profession. Is Christ being formed inside of you? It's more than just having a profession of faith. You must have a maturation of faith. The God that began a work in you wants to complete that work inside of you. He wants to develop you and mature you until you become who he's called you to be. Number five today, remember now, these are all a part of the whole, aren't they? They're being extracted. As I looked over this story that was so familiar to us, I suddenly saw beyond. I saw the depth. I saw another layer. I saw not just Mary's faith, but I saw something that I said, God, it, maybe I can have the faith of Mary. And what you did in her, maybe you can do in me. Are you out there today? I love what the Lord told Mary through the angel. Said, but he shall be great. That's a powerful truth. He shall be great. I have to add the obvious addendum to that. And not you. God does great things in us. But not to exalt us. To exalt him and for the good of others. For the glory of God and for the good of others. That was the promise to Mary. He, her son, would be great. The work of grace in you, listen to this, it is of divine origin. You believe that? I love what Paul said. You know, I'm a Pauline epistle man. He said, we have this treasure. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel. That the excellency... This is why I read the King James Version. I don't know what your message Bible might read today. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. Come on, I know today I'm a flawed human vessel. I want you to know the chest, the treasure chest, it is flawed, it is earthly, it is carnal. But deep inside of me, Come on, it's something glorious, and it's of him, not of me. Anything that's good inside of me is because he put it there, right? And I want to live my life. I want to live my life that he might be exalted. He was great, and we are not. We want, to, we want our lives to glorify him. I love this. Man, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm so happy to be here today. You could all leave right now, and I'll just keep on preaching. I just preached to myself today because I want to be like, Spike Lee may have wanted to be like Mike, but I want to be like Mary today. Because I love this. Listen, this number, point number six is a work of grace that was independent of others. 
This is a powerful little truth. Again, what I'm dropping in your spirit today, there's a depth to each one of these. You're going to have to be like Mary. You're going to have to go home and ponder all of these in your heart. I hope that you're either jotting them down, writing them down, or you'll go back and watch this and write these down so that when you reread this story, you can read through a second set of lenses and see it at the first level application, but then at a more personal level application. When Mary asked that question, the legitimate question, how can this be for I know not a man? Let me say this very quickly. There are some works of grace in our lives. How many know there are works of grace, various applications of grace in our lives that we are dependent upon somebody else? I need your fellowship. There are times when I'm downcast, I need you to lift me. Right? There are some things in our lives that I cannot receive apart from your gifting. Certain works of grace that I just can't receive unless I'm connected to the greater body of Christ and you are listening to the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God is working through you and you are ministering to other people and I receive of your gifting at that moment. But I want you to know there are, there are other times when God gives a work of grace that is independent of anyone else. Independent of anyone else, their response, their action, what they choose, what they do. If when God chooses to work in me, therefore I'm going to receive his grace independent of what anybody else has to say or to think about it. We live in a generation of affirmation. Everybody wants to be affirmed. We've got to affirm this person and that person. I want you to know today, I do not need your affirmation when I have his affirmation. I don't have to have you to pat me on the back and say this or do that. My self-worth or my self-image isn't shaped by what somebody else says about me, but it's shaped by what he said about me when he called me chosen, glory to God. And that's independent about what anybody else might say or think about me. And when Mary said, I don't know a man, she was saying to the angel, you know, normally, Gabriel, you may not know how this works here, down here. Up in heaven, things like that don't go on. But down here, it usually takes a man and a woman to produce a child. I need to go ahead and say that in our generation. Let me go ahead and repeat that. That's the normal order. And he said, she, she said, I don't know. This, this, this. And he said, but the Spirit of God. Is, the Spirit of God doesn't need a man in this moment. He's, there is a work of grace in your lives at times that's independent of anybody else. You just let God do it, glory to God. I'm just going to let God do it in my heart and life. Now, number seven, real quickly. So this point, uh, I skipped over part of this, but when she said, Lord, let it be according to thy word. And then, you know, she was in Nazareth. And we, the, 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 neither writer really gives us the fullest detail of everything that took place. And we can only imagine when Mary heard this word. And I mean, you know, eventually, eventually her family would find out that she was pregnant and that an angel had spoken to her. You know, you, we can, we can all, we've all, all of us preachers have preached that side about the suspicions and the accusations that would have been made. But the angel had also told her and said, hey, by the way, as he was building her faith through testimony, he said, by the way, your cousin Elizabeth, in her aged condition, 
her womb. You're a young virgin. You have the capacity to carry life. But Elizabeth's over here. She's lost. She's past the flower of her age. But in her old age, she's conceived a child as well. And word hadn't gotten from the hill country down to Nazareth where she's dwelling. And so she rose up when she heard that word and she headed off to see Elizabeth. And y'all know I've preached this many times and it wakens every bit of Pentecostal preaching inside of me when she gets to Elizabeth's house and she perhaps is standing outside and she's knocking on the door and she begins to cry out, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, it's Mary. And when Elizabeth hears the salutation of Mary, the Spirit of God comes over this aged woman of God. The child inside of her begins to leap up and testify that the mother of their Lord had come to her and she begins to prophesy and when Elizabeth begins to prophesy and she has shouted to the glory of God, Mary doesn't just sit there silent, but Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. He's done great things to me. He's mighty, but he's looked down low and he's chosen to bless my life. Glory to God. She was a worshiper, number seven. Mary was a worshiper. And when you know what God has done for you through His Son, I tell you, you can't come to church and be silent. You've got to worship the Lord and bless His name. He's holy and majestic. He loved me with an eternal love. He sent His Son to a tree that I deserve to die on. And He carried my penalty. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm on somebody. She magnified the Lord and her spirit rejoiced in God her Savior. I know it might make a few of you nervous when I get loud like that. I'm just going to tell you, you just got to get over it. I'll tell you because God is great. He's greatly to be praised. He deserves all the glory. We shout, we sing, we stand, we run, we kneel, we fall, we clap. Come on, somebody. We make a joyful noise. We sit quietly, whatever it is. We're just worshipers. We want to worship the one that loved us so much. I want the faith of Mary. Mary didn't care. They didn't care. They didn't wait to go to the temple to worship in that moment. They just worshiped at the house. They didn't wait for the worship team to sing the song that was according to their generational sound. They just worshiped. Mary was a worshiper, are you? I've determined I'm going to be. And it's not because I'm not trying to replicate. I'm not trying to be something for somebody else's sake. I'm compelled by what's inside me. What he's done inside me. Number eight today, Mary believed her faith to be generational. I want you to think about that. I want you to catch that. Because she said, from henceforth, all generations are going to call me blessed. She believed generationally that her faith would pass. She believed her faith would affect generations after her. I want to ask you, do you believe that your faith is going to affect the generations of your family after you? I do. I do. I don't know when the Lord's return will be. They used to say it in the old church, if the Lord tarry. 
if the Lord tarry. That's the word when we begin to talk about, you know, from now in the future sometime, 20 years, 30 years. And obviously none of us know the day of, 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 of our, of, that God has given us and granted us. But, so I'm going to put a, 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 a I don't want to limit myself here for just a moment, but I'm going to say 100 years from now. I don't know what the culture of America will look like. I don't even know if there will be America. But I know one thing, this gospel will be preached. And I know the truth of God, and there will be people that believe God. And I'm just going to believe in my heart that somewhere, there will be a church somewhere. And there might be a red-headed preacher with hazel eyes. Or there might be a brown-haired preacher with brown eyes that's preaching about the Word. He's got the anointing of God, or she's got the anointing of God on her life and a conviction, and she spins like this, and she don't know why she's spinning before God, and somebody talks to her and says, or somebody talks to him a hundred years from now, and say, tell me, why do you worship like this? And she said, I don't just, I don't really know, I just, I found out that about three generations ago, my great great granddad was at First Assembly of God, and he worshiped like a wild man, and I don't know, I just determined that what he had, I want glory to God. I don't know about you, but I believe my my faith is generational. The devil's not going to steal my children or my children's children. I don't believe in curses. You can curse. I believe in blessing. I pass the blessing prophetically. God broke the curse at the tree. The curses are broke by the power of his blood. I speak the life of generational blessing like Mary did. All generations, she said, are going to call me blessed. My children and my children's children will not be on drugs. They won't be a part of a broken culture. They're going to live and declare the goodness of God. Glory to God. I want to be like Mary today. I don't know who you want to be like. You may want to play ball like Mike. I want to live like Mary in this house. Glory to God. Man, I'm preaching loud this morning, but it's good. The old preacher said it's tight, but it's right. Come on, somebody. Number nine, Mary dedicated and nurtured Jesus in church. Hmm. Let me go ahead and tell you about that one real quickly. Now, remember the story. Now, we just read tidbits of it. Eight days after the birth of the child, they took the child to church and named the child. Forty days after the birth, they took the child according to the law of Moses and they dedicated the child in the temple. The children or the, the, the family would often annually journey to the temple. We read that. It was part of the second chapter. And if you remember what Jesus, it was said about Jesus later when he's an adult male there in the synagogue at Nazareth. It says that he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day as his custom was. So let me just tell you this today. Your faith must be dedicated and nurtured in God's house. Come on. Now, isn't that good right there? Listen, remember what Jesus said when he was just a 12-year-old? Let the kids preach for a minute. Maybe we'll have a kid preach at our church one day. Jesus is 12 years old, and he told his mom and dad. Uh, and she, he said, did you not know that you'd find me in my father's house? Come on. He wasn't on Xbox. Come on, right? Or Nintendo. He said, did you not know that you'd find me in my father's house? Let me tell you this about church real quickly. It's never your spirit not wanting to be in worship. 
<laughs> That's good right there. Listen, it might be your carnal mind that doesn't want to be here. It might, not, it might be your carnal flesh that just says, oh, I don't feel like it today. But your spirit is longing for his presence. Your spirit got up this morning and couldn't wait till they struck the first key. Come on, somebody, so that we could usher into the presence of the living God. And so nurture your faith in the house of God. There's three more if you're counting. I hope you are. Number 10 today, Mary's son was a light to the Gentiles. Mary's son was a light to the Gentiles. Remember, that was the, the prophecy of Simeon. And there's a, I preached about this, and I probably will later, but there's, there, was a, there, there, was a, there was a word. You know, the, the Hebrew people believed the Torah was the light to the Hebrew people and that the Torah would also be the light to the Gentiles. But, but here Simeon is saying, this is the word that will be the light to the Gentiles. You're right, you believe that today? I've preached about it. I love it. I love to think about it. But I want you to know this, that so is it with you and your faith. You light the way in this darkened world that we live in today. The world is in darkness. They don't know what you know. They don't hear what you hear. And they cannot see what we see. And we often get very frustrated. And I confess, I probably get more frustrated than most of you. Even to the degree that I've been trapped a little bit over the latter couple of years in frustration, personal frustration. But I was reminded as I was preparing this sermon that all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Whatever doth make manifest is the light. Paul said, redeem the times for the days are evil. We've got to teach people how to live who don't know how to live. We've got to teach people what's right and what's, a, what, what's pleasing to the eyes of God who don't know that. We've got to teach people what's acceptable to God in a broken culture. Mary's son was a light to the Gentiles, and you're a light in this perverted generation in which we live. Number 11 today, Mary would experience trial. There would be a trying. Remember what Simeon said to her? When he took the child, he who had been waiting for the consolation of Israel, as he held him up, he looked at Mary and he said, Mary, by the way, this son of yours, he set for the rising and the falling of many in Israel. He said, but let me tell you, a sword's going to pierce through your own heart as well. Don't let anybody tell you that the journey of faith that you're on is going to always be easy. Let me tell you, the, I believe in the word of faith. I believe in, but that the word of faith does not prevent me from trial. The word of faith keeps me during a season of trial. That's what the word of faith does. The trying of your faith will develop patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you might be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. The enemy comes for the word's sake. Last I looked in the word of God. The reason why things are breaking loose around your house, sometimes it's not that you failed God, it's because you're obeying God, right? And the adversary comes because he comes to steal the word. Paul himself writes, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are, he said, we are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. We're delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus, just like with Mary, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest 
in our mortal flesh. Mary faced trial, and so will we. We're going to face persecution, trial, situations. But let me promise you, let me remind you of the promise today that if you endure the trial, I'm telling you, God will comfort those who are cast down because he's faithful today. Amen. Number 12 is a great indicator that I'm at the end. Daryl, if you don't care, join me on the platform to finish this message out today. It's been good to be in the Lord's house today. Preaching's come easy as it was prayed for today. I believe your faith should grow. Don't you? Can I pause real quickly and put this in its context again? When I was reading this text, and I read the familiarity of it, and I read and I, I, and I uh, attempted to connect to what was familiar to me, but immediately the Spirit shifted my attention to another depth to it. That it, there's, it's not a comparative depth. That's not the issue. Nothing can compare to the incarnation, the revelation of the Son of God. And Mary's faith and being willing when she said, be it unto me even according to thy word. What a powerful statement of faith and what God did in her and through her. But then I often have considered how that the, in a, in, in a, in a woman, in the Hebrew, it simply means a womb man, man with womb. I watched Matt Walsh's What is a Woman? It's a good video. I enjoyed it. I mean, I, it, it's grieving, but, but also good in one sense and kind of funny in places. I wanted to show it here at church, but there are parts you can't show at church. But at the very end of it, he asked his wife, what, what is a woman? She said, a female human. It was correct. It was, again, the, the video was created in context to the culture that doesn't seem to be able to identify gender. But I turned and I quickly and I said, you know, if they would have asked me, I would have responded biblically and said, it is man with a womb. Woe man. God said it in the very beginning. Woe doesn't mean stand back, men. Don't go near. <laughs> I knew the men would laugh. I didn't hear a single lady laugh on that one. And the men that laugh, you are now in serious trouble. It means womb man. Mankind with a womb. And there is a natural and there's a spiritual. So women can carry life in their womb. Men folk don't have womb. We don't have womb. But in the application, we can look at her and see something in the spirit. But we all have a spirit out of your belly, Jesus said. Come on, somebody. In here, in the heart, in the spirit of man. And as Mary received the word and life grew in her, when you receive the word by hearing and receiving it in your heart, life begins in you. That's where my, that's where my thoughts were. And, and I've already said, but, but then this son was, was produced. This child came forth and 
she brought forth a, a, a son. And then he began the 40th verse of the second chapter. Said, the child grew and waxed, which means grew or grows, strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. I'll tell you what, church family, I believe that's what your faith will procure for you. I believe that. I believe that by faith you can grow in spirit. Do you believe that today? Just as Jesus grew, you can become strong in spirit. Remember, it was, it was um, oh, my mind, who's the apostle of, the, of, of English nature? Uh, 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 Smith Wigglesworth. When he said, he said, he said, on the outside, I'm about this tall. He said, but on the inside, I'm 10 foot tall. Paul said, the outward man can perish, but the inward man can be renewed day by day. You know, there's a part of the aging process. You know, Jojo, your sons are still growing and they're getting taller and stronger every day. And as, as, as we, we, we all do until something happens. And then there's a downward descent towards the grave. <laughs> there's, a, there's a certain date now that's been prophetically declared in here today. And your body, and your body, you know, you, everything, you begin to change and diminish. But your spirit <laughs> is eternal. And the life of God is on the inside of you. And you continue to grow in spirit. You can grow in wisdom every day of your life. Solomon said wisdom is the principal thing. I pray for wisdom as much as I pray for anything. God, give me wisdom. Your wisdom. Not the wisdom of this world. It's earthly. It's sensual. It's devilish. But the wisdom of God is pure. And it's easy to be received. And I can grow in grace. The Bible says that Jesus increased in stature and in favor with God and man. God's favor is discernible. When you walk faithfully before him and you grow in spirit and wisdom, you'll grow in the grace of God. Come on, you will. And you'll have favor with God. He'll be a faithful friend in your life, won't he, church family? And you'll be able to lean into him during the very difficult days of your life and know that you have a friend who sticketh closer than a brother. And you'll also have confidence. Life can throw all kinds of curveballs at you, but you just know that with God all things are possible. And you'll somehow, some way, just begin to navigate your way through it. You'll just know job loss can happen. God's faithful. Right? Right? Even somebody you love can walk away from you in your life. You know what? God's going to bring me through it. Come on. Even separation by death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Thou art with me. Come on, somebody. All the difficult places in life that we find ourselves when I'm growing and I am growing in spirit and wisdom and grace, I just know I'm going to be able to make it because God is faithful. God was faithful to Mary and he'll be faithful to you. What God did in her and through her stirs my spirit today. He can work in my life like Mary. Did you know this today? Your faith can be like Mary's. Do you believe that today? Your faith can be like Mary's. 
What is conceived in your spirit by his spirit will change you forever. Do you believe Mary was changed the moment that she said, be it unto me according to thy word? Everything, the mundane motion of life in the Nazarite village suddenly changed for her the moment that she believed God. All generations call her blessed. Like Mary today. Do you have the faith of Mary? <laughs> you can. I want to encourage you real quickly as I prepare to ask you to pray with me. One passage there that I've noted but didn't make it a part of the 12. Two, I think it was two. I said three, but I think it's two times. Luke records. But Mary pondered all these things in her heart. Will you ponder these things in your heart as well? Can you pause during the busy Christmas season and say, God, let me see beyond tinsel and trees? Can, can I see beyond gifts and dinners and fellowships and plays and traveling and all the things that Christmas has become? And can I just ponder, ponder the heart of the story and somehow, some way, come away and say, God, can you make me like Mary? Can you give me the faith of Mary? I think that's fair today, don't you? I hope you do. I hope you pray that and ponder that in your time of reading. And God takes you to a different level. And you'll think on these things. And I shared them briefly. And God can share much more depth than I shared with you today. But our heads are bowed and our eyes closed. I'm going to give just a personal invitation to you today it simply begins church family with a response of faith it began right there that moment an angel declared the prophetic word to Mary she had been chosen she was highly favored. God was calling things in front of her, speaking in front of her, things that he had pondered about her. God created life by his meditation and then his proclamation. He spoke it into existence. We can debate the theology of whether she could respond or not. I think that she could. I think it's possible that she could have stumbled in unbelief like Zechariah did. But rather, she said, Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. She received the word in faith. Will you receive it in faith today? Will you? Is there someone here under the sound of my voice today? Maybe you came in and you're new to our church Maybe you've been coming for a period of time, but maybe you just have really never responded to God's call in your life. He's here today. He sent me as a messenger. Will you believe the word? You can be like Mary. God's word will hover over your spirit if you'll believe it. 
if you'll trust him for it. And your life will be changed from this day forward. I might be speaking to a teenager. Joe mentioned a, teen, how a teenager of faith. Mary was a teenager when the angel of the Lord came to her. Will you receive the word today? Will you see, receive the promise of eternal life in Christ? Will you open your heart, the womb of your spirit, that the seed of faith might take root in your heart? Pastor, how do I do that? Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, and you'll be saved. And that'll begin the journey of faith like Mary. Is there anybody here today that would say, Pastor Brown, would you pray with me today, right where I am, that I can receive this word of faith? Is there anyone here today that would raise your hand as nobody's looking around, it's just me, I've got my glasses off so I can see, so that I could pray. Might be, a, again, a teenager, might be a, an adult here today. I don't know. Only God knows your heart. My responsibility is to share the word and give you a an opportunity to respond. Is there anyone today that says, Pastor, pray with me? Anyone today? Anyone today? Would y'all stand up with me, church family? Would y'all join me in prayer? And let's pray a prayer of closing. Closing. And in this prayer, wouldn't it be right, wouldn't it be the fair thing if we all prayed and said, God, give us the faith of Mary? I think it would, wouldn't it? Can we pray that together? Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful for the Word of God. You've illuminated it to us today. You stirred our spirits by the hearing and receiving of the Word, and we stand in awe of the faith at that time of perhaps a young 14 to 18 year old girl who believed God and not only saw her life change but the lives the rising and falling of many from that day forward God today over our church family male and female alike we pray make us like Mary give us the faith of Mary today father in the name of Jesus the things that we've spoken of today in the word that are admirable, to be longed for. Paul said, the things that you have seen in me, do. Father, we pray, the things that we've seen in Mary, let us receive, and then let us live in them, God, in Jesus' name. Father, I pray, God, today, that every one of these precepts and principles have been written upon the heart of the listener today. We're going to walk out of this room and in our private devotions this week, we're going to say, God of heaven, make us like Mary. Father, I bless the people. I bless my church family. If there's any measure of faith in my heart today, I bless each one. Keep them today, Father. Bless them. Bless their family. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus and all of God's children said, amen and amen and amen and amen. Did you, if you receive something... I tell you, we came in.